Good morning, church. Happy Sunday to you. I hope you're having a good day today. I'm enjoying beautiful weather on the front porch, drinking some coffee. I, uh, I had a great morning sitting and listening to my neighbor, who is the Methodist pastor here in town. They're doing church outside, drive-in church in the parsonage across the road. They have a big front yard they drive in. He sets up and preaches out front, so I got a chance to get preached to this morning, and uh, had a great, great morning listening to him. It was a great message. Um, God's going to bring the victory, and uh, I really thought a lot about what I was going to talk to you guys about this morning. So uh, I've enjoyed my morning on the porch. Just an update as to where we are with um, coronavirus and our church. We have. Uh, six or seven confirmed cases already um, in the church. Uh, most of the staff and leadership have gotten the confirmed cases back. Um, so I guess y'all love us enough to share. We have no idea where this came from. Um, it obviously hit the church last week. Um, someone came in, had it, whether it was one of the staff or one of the folks or and uh, it got shared through both services. As much as we were diligent in trying to stay apart, the truth of the matter is we just got a little, little lax this last week or two, and, and uh, we weren't wearing our masks as much as we had been. We, we were doing a little more uh, closer congregating together. And, uh, so uh, we knew this was a reality. The virus is still out there, and it is still affecting our, our world. Um, it's obviously, um, if you have not been made aware, it's obviously running through Keystone Heights right now, several uh, churches, the school. Um, so a lot of folks that are being affected by this. Um, thankfully, at least as of this morning, I haven't heard of any um, extremely serious cases in our church. Um, no one's hospitalized. Um, I don't think anyone's at the point of going to the hospital. So we do have several of our uh, senior adult folks that have it, folks that have uh, compromised immune systems. Um, so if you would continue to uh, deeply reach out to the Lord, ask Him for protection and grace for our church, for healing. And, uh, I will tell you this, I don't think I've got a bad case of it, but I feel pretty lousy. And uh, so does Ann. Uh, we're all, um, I think, just about in the same same spot. Uh, I haven't been as bad as Pastor Mark or um, some of the others that have, have uh, reached out with uh, positive results. So with that in mind, we are definitely canceling services throughout the month of uh, October, which is literally just this week and next week. More than likely, um, unless things change, more than likely, we will also not do a November 1st service at the church. Uh, I can't tell you that for sure. Um, we'll get into next week and look where things are in the week after. Things may move well. We might not have any residual um, positive tests. And uh, we may feel like we can move back in by the 1st. But uh, at this point, I think that we're probably going to work through the 1st as well. I know that's disappointing. I know we enjoy being together, but uh, that's part of what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, as I just really think we need to 
remember a couple of things today. Um, one is that uh, the church is not about meeting in a building. The church is not about a number. We love the fellowship. We, I hope you love um, rejoicing together and enjoying one another's fellowship in the presence of the Lord. But the reality is the church is about Jesus Christ. It's about our Savior, our Redeemer. It's about those that He has redeemed. He has called for us to gather together on the first day of the week. But isn't that what we're doing right now? Gathering together in His name, worshiping Him, giving Him praise and honor and glory. And while I don't think online church is the way to go for the long term, I think there's much that we can miss if we just make it a medium of uh, visual seeing one another. Uh, the church is about uh, the unity and the fellowship and the uh, entity of the body being together, uh, being arms and feet and hands and hearts and heads together. Um, it's hard to be a, a building. Jesus calls the church a building. It's hard to be a building if the foundation is one place and the walls are in another place, and the roof is somewhere else. So there, there's definitely a, a need to be together. There's a call to be together. There's an importance of our gathering together um, in one place. But I think we can also realize that, that we've been spoiled or maybe even perverted. I know that's a, a scary word. But maybe we've even been perverted a little bit in Western culture to think that larger is better. More seems to equate greater blessings from God. When the reality is, um, in the first church, when we look back in the scriptures, when we look in the book of Acts, the church at Jerusalem gathered together on that first uh, meetings when God began to put the church together and as they grew they grew to thousands and they would meet daily in in Solomon's uh, temple on Solomon's porch and it was a magnificent sight I would imagine to see thousands of people worshiping Jesus and being taught by the apostles and the disciples as they they uh, grew groups together but almost immediately God told them to go out to get out into their community, to get out into uh, the world around them, to share the gospel, to create um, other groups, not just to gather together. And immediately the church just loved being together. There's something about the camaraderie, something about the, the large number that makes us feel stronger, makes us feel more important, and uh, makes us feel more valued. Um, we enjoy that, and they enjoyed it in the church. Yet that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was for them to go out, to be uh, in the world around them, to make a difference where they were, and, uh, in these small groups and pockets. And yet, uh, they didn't want to do that. And so God brought persecution into the church. He allowed and even orchestrated persecution in the church. Um, so the church left. The church scattered. Um, the church loved the idea of meeting in Jerusalem and gathering together by the thousands until it got really uncomfortable, when it got really dangerous, when it became very difficult. And they left, but they took Christ with them. And everywhere they went, into homes, into small towns, they began to share the gospel. 
They began to meet in twos and threes. Never forget that Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together, I am there in the midst. And when we have Jesus, and we have two or three, what more do we need? Now, I know it's, it's hard to do church the way we're used to doing church with two or three. I, I, I'll confess to you, Pastor Mark and I have talked over the years, um, you know, how hard sometimes it is to do some of the things that we've tried to accomplish, things that the um, American church, the 20th century, now into the 21st century church, has told us that that are the important things of church. It's hard to do some of that in smaller groups. I'm not sure that, that some of the things we were trying to do were necessarily the things God wanted done. I think worship um, can be accomplished very simply with one person leaning their heart deeply into who Jesus is and worship. Yes, is it good to get together and sing? be moved by the emotion of the songs and the truths of the words and the and the melodies that we hear sure and and i enjoy it as much as anybody but but worship is about the one we are worshiping and the heart that we're giving so uh, please understand that that in the world around us in most places churches is found in small groups in homes in families in neighborhoods and uh and I think that's something we need to think about. And I think we have an opportunity right now over these next few weeks to be doing that. Um, I would consider it a really good thing if maybe a couple of families who um, know that they're well and uh, will be willing to maybe gather together in their homes, maybe a family or two, wearing masks, being socially distant, being careful, gather together and, and watch these Sunday morning broadcast together, celebrate together, sing a little together, worship a little together, enjoy one another's presence together. Um, maybe just you and your family gather around. Um, we seem to be um, back in, in April and May when we were doing this regularly. Um, I had so many good comments about what was going on in homes and families, how people were enjoying it. What a great way to do this. If you're looking for a way to disciple your family and you're not sure what to do, just have them sit down together with you. Watch what we're doing. Talk about what we're talking about. Pray together. You say, well, I can't pray much. I don't know how to pray out loud. Just tell God, help us to know what to do. Thank God for what he's done for you and your family this week. Enjoy the blessings of the day. One of the things that I think we're going to do over the next few weeks is... I'm not going to dive into a, a, the series. Um, I, I've been laughing. Ben said to me the other day, he said, you sure are trying to test our patience with making us wait on this message on patience. But uh, if you'll be patient, we'll, we'll get to that message eventually when we get back together. But I think over the next few weeks, what I want us to do is get together on Sunday morning and discuss what we've been reading during the week together as a church. I know I can't get the discussion back from you in a conversation um, necessarily at the moment, but I can share a few thoughts about what I've read this week and what spoke to me and maybe where you are in your family. You can discuss with one another, you know, as you were reading, what spoke to you? How did the Lord challenge you? What 
came out of scripture that encouraged you that motivated you today and share that with your family share that with your friends share that with a small group that maybe gets together i think it would be a great great blessing for our church to see that we don't have to all be in the same room to all be the same church we're still fresh start fellowship we're still doing the work of the lord so with that in mind i just want to tell you a couple of things i saw we we were reading this week we read through chapter 10 to uh, chapter 14, I believe. And I saw a couple of things um, in this that I just wanted to, to mention to you today and to bring out. Um, as we're looking at this moving into the promised land of Joshua, um, we see Israel beginning to fulfill God's plan for uh, the nation. As God's blessing has been promised. And uh, as they're beginning to uh, undertake this great task that's set before them. God makes it clear that he's going to fight for them. and He gives them promises um, all throughout from the very beginning of chapter 1 um, and he just continues to throughout these passages we've been reading that I'm with you, I will be for you, I will fight the battles for you. You just go forward and do uh, what I've called you to do. And as we come to um, chapter 10, uh, we see Israel standing up to fight for Gibeon. If you remember from your reading, hopefully you have been, uh, Gibeon was a, uh, a city that, that deceived Israel. Israel, and the, the reality is, Israel did not seek God out in the midst of this um, deceit. They had been, at every turn before every battle, they had been seeking God about what to do and how to do what they needed to do. And God had been giving divine direction and they're taking care of them and when they got to the little town of Ai they took things on their own they decided city small we got it made we'll do it sure enough they were defeated because they didn't listen to God they repented um, listened to God sought God out and uh, God gave the victory when they attacked again the uh, next thing that comes along is, is Gibeon comes along and and instead of seeking God, again, they did not learn that lesson. They just made an agreement with the people. Um, and so uh, found out that these were not people that uh, were from far away. They were literally right down the road. And uh, so they made this agreement of peace. And they honored that agreement because they made the agreement before the Lord. This was an agreement that they made in the name of God. So they honored that agreement. Gibeon is attacked by the other kings in the area, and they cry out for help. And Israel rushes off to help. I thought it was interesting. This, this passage is probably one of the most um, doubted passages um, in Scripture. It's, it's very similar to the, the Jonah story of Jonah and the great fish or Jonah and the whale. Most people doubt that to be a true story, even though we believe that it's exactly what it was. God created a fish to swallow up Jonah and keep him alive and spew him back up on the land to go do his task that God had called him to. And in this story, we see the story that God literally moved heaven and earth for the sake of Israel. And, and actually, he didn't move heaven and earth. He stopped heaven and earth. For an entire 24-hour period, he put the sun in the sky and he did not move. Uh, 
The day did not progress. 24 hours went by. The moon didn't come up. The stars didn't come up, uh, come out. The sun didn't go down and rise again. It stood high in the sky. And he gave Israel uh, uncommon um, Holy Spirit-powered vigor and vitality to fight the battle and they literally defeated the enemy uh, because they had the upper hand and they asked God to to hold the sun and God responded and uh, he supplied the victory and uh, so uh, what I want you to think about in this is that that God is for us we're doing his work not our work but his work even if we make mistakes even if we don't always ask ahead of time, even if we sometimes um, are working in our own initiative, when we turn our hearts to God, when we repent of our own um, pridefulness, when we repent of our own boastfulness that we can do this on our own, and when we listen to what God says, and we follow God's plan, God moves in miraculous ways. God will even, even break the laws of nature if need be for his people. I just want you to realize that that God that did this for Israel is the same God that's working for the church today. It's the same God that's working in your life today. It's the same God that supplied the Holy Spirit of God, the, the third person of God who lives in us. The power of the resurrection of Christ works and lives in you and I to do his work and to do his will. And so when we're doing his work and we're moving forward in his plan, even if we're not perfect in what we do, if we repent, we seek his wisdom and we follow his ways, he will bless according to his promise to us for his good, for his glory and for our good. I think it's interesting in verse number 42 of chapter number 10, um, the scriptures tell us that Joshua captured all the cities and their kings in one series of battles. He did this because the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua and all the Israelites returned to the camp at Gilgal. They were able to go back and to rest, and the southern kings were defeated. Chapter 11 sees us go into the northern kings. It's a different type of, of battle, um, and, and the enemy is great. I, I want to tell you that the, the enemies that we face are mighty. The enemies that we face are great. And sometimes they look overwhelming. Sometimes um, the enemy, the God of this world, Satan himself, um, the world system that we live in that seems so corrupt and so wicked, it just seems overwhelming. And that's the way it was for, for Israel in chapter 11. Um, in chapter 11, in verse number 4, this was how um, Israel described the battle that they were facing. Um, verse number 11, or verse number 4 says, So the armies of all the kings came together. There were many fighting men and many horses and chariots. It was a very large army. It looked didn't say it was, but it looked as if there were as many men as grains of sand on the seashore. Now, we love to, to quote um, scripture about Abraham 
uh, the, the, the sins of Abraham would be were going to be as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. We don't like to quote this side, that the enemy can look to us sometimes as if they are as many as the grains of sand on the sea. But I want you to understand that when God is with us and when we follow God's plan, God will defeat the enemy. Verse number 6 of this same passage in chapter number 11 tells us this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Don't be afraid of that army, because I will allow you to defeat them. By this time tomorrow, you have killed them all. You have cut their legs of their horses and burned their chariots. You will have defeated their ability to do any war anymore. I want you to know, God has already promised us that. He has already promised us that the enemy is defeated. But we still have to go to the battle. I want you to know that some of the greatest enemy that we face is the enemy within. The enemy of our sinful self. Of our, of our human desire to, to reign on our own throne. Of the, the old man that we battle daily. But I want you to know that God has said the victory is ours. He is the one who has conquered. If we will rest in him, if we will trust in him, if we will follow his plan, if we will depend on him, if we will seek him, he will guide us in every step, in every direction, and we will win the victory. Now I want to tell you in the midst of this, it's not all good news. It's not all victory. These were human beings. They made some vital mistakes that will reverberate throughout the nation of Israel, even to this day. Even to this day. I want to tell you about two verses, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. In verse, in chapter number 10, in verse number 20, it's a very disturbing passage of Scripture. The Bible says that in Joshua and the Israelites killed the enemy. Listen to what it said. Some of them were able to go to the cities that, that had tall walls and around them and hide. These men were not killed. Remember that God had told Israel to go in and to destroy everyone, to leave no one standing. And while this seems such a harsh thing and such a, 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 a horrible thing to be able to say, and, and it's, it's hard for us to get our minds around the truth that God had called them to take out these wicked individuals and the harshness of their um, society. But, but God commanded that none of these wicked should live in the nation of Israel. They should either, they should either leave, run them off, um, not by saying giving them a choice, but by literally driving them out, never to allow them back in. But God said to kill them. And, and while I don't always understand God's ways, God's ways are higher than ours, and this was what he called for in that day. And they did not follow this. And because of that, there was going to be reverberations throughout the nation for many, 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 many years to come. As a matter of fact, when Joshua became old, chapter 13, kind of a synopsis of Joshua's life. The Bible says that when Joshua was very old, the Lord said to him, Joshua, 
you've grown old, but there's still much land for you to take control of. And then he begins to list what they had not conquered. You, you begin to think if you're reading through chapter 10 and 11 and 12 of all these victories and of all these kings were defeated and all these um, awesome things that God had done, that they had accomplished all that God had told them to do. But the reality is that they got satisfied. They got complacent. They reached a point where, where they had defeated enough enemy that they had a room of comfort around them. And they didn't finish what God had called them to do. And it cost them for many, many, many years. It cost their descendants. I want to tell you that God's called us to a mission. God's called us to a purpose. God's called us with a plan. We need to follow every detail. We need to do everything that God has called us to do. We need to never quit, never give up, never give in. We need to continue to fight the battle that God set before us because God has promised the victory. The victory is not in our battling. The victory is already won. But we have been called to fight. To fight the fight of faith. I encourage you to keep in the battle this week. Continue to do what God's called you to do this week. Continue to pray. Continue to share the gospel. Continue to encourage folks. Continue to, to uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors and your community. Continue to do the things that God's called us to do. Continue to read through uh, Galatians 5 and our list uh, of verses uh, where we're called to, to fulfill the fruit of the Spirit. What part of the fruit is lacking in your life? What seed needs to be encouraged and built up on? That's part of the battle, folks. We've got to continue to be gentle and gracious and kind. We've got to continue to uh, uh, be faithful. We've got to continue in all that we do. Church, I love you. I'm sorry for this break that we've got um, again, but as we said at the very beginning, we thought that there was a real possibility this would come, but uh, we'll be back together again one day, won't be all that long, heck, who knows, maybe between now and end of November, the Lord would just decide to call us all home, if that's what he decides to do, that would be great, that would be awesome, we rejoice together with no virus forever, but if he leaves us, we need to continue to fight the fight that he's laid before us because he's already won the victory. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for the victory that's been won. Thank you for the fact that, that you have defeated death. You have defeated the grave. You have defeated hell. You have already won the battle. Father, thank you that we can stand today in confidence knowing that the battle's won. Help us keep our hands to the, to the plow and to the sword and continue to do the work that you've called us to. Father, give us faith. Give us boldness. Give us courage. Father, we pray today for those in our body that are sick. We ask that you would lift them up. Lord, I pray for those that, that are, are most vulnerable right now. I pray you would encourage them in their spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would put a special blessing on them. I pray that, that, that you would lift them up and that you would um, renew their strength as they rest and wait in you.
Lord, I, I look forward to the day again when you bring us back together uh, as a body in one place to serve you. Until then, Father, help us remember we're still the church. We're still called to serve. We're still Fresh Start Fellowship together, serving you as your hands and your feet. I pray blessings on our church today. May they be encouraged. May they be strengthened. May they be emboldened. May they be passionate about knowing you and loving you this week. I love you, church. Have a great week. A um, couple of things uh, announcement-wise I just need to mention to you. Obviously, everything is canceled at the church. Uh, but we do have one situation at the church that we need to address. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if this is the proper way to do it, but it's the only way I know how to get this out. Um, we had been in the process of helping one of our uh, widows move, and uh, we did a half of that uh, a couple weeks ago, and we had another plan to do another half of that this week. However, um, the majority of the men who are available to work during the day um, are men who are either have been exposed to this virus and are waiting on test results or, or men who have been exposed to it and received a positive result and are actually sick right now. Um, so we're in need um, um, to try to help Miss Wanda get moved. She needs to try to get out of there no later than Wednesday. What that means is probably some of our men who uh, work that Mike can give some, some time and effort on an afternoon or evening after work, or maybe if some of you guys are off this week, or if, if some of our men who are not uh, working, that are not sick, that can give Miss Wanda a hand, um, we have a real need for that. And uh, church, this is where we gotta step up and be the church. And I, I can't be there and I can't help. Um, I would love to, to just run over and say, look, I feel good enough I can do this, but, uh, Clearly, that's just not something we can do. So if you can help, um, here's what I need you to do. I need you to, if you know how to get in touch with Miss Wanda, reach out to her so that you can set something up with her about when you can be available. Or reach out to me, and uh, I will get word to her. I'll get you in contact with her, and we'll try to put together a team that can maybe help on Tuesday afternoon or evening and Wednesday afternoon or evening if necessary. Um, there's some ladies that can help. Um, we just need some folks that, that are available and well uh, to be able to help her get this done because um, she obviously cannot do it by herself. So if you can step up and be the church today to, uh, to even maybe go out of your way, boy, I believe Jesus would be blessed by that. Uh, I know Miss Wanda would be, and I know I will be. So uh, if you can do that, let us know. Uh, it would be a, a great, great help. Um, I love you, church. I don't know of anything else that's going on right now that we need to share. Um, we're going to be in touch during the week. Uh, maybe if Pastor Mark's feeling a little better this week, in the middle of the week, he'll, uh, he'll drop you a word as well. I love you, church. I hope you have a great, great day.